Hello, welcome to the Domination Sports Nation podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Chris. And we welcome you back to another episode. Yeah, thanks for being with us. You can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. And Dad, it was a busy week, and today the NBA draft is going on as we speak. The first round should be ending soon, and Let's talk about this first, Dad, because the first three draft picks seemed like it was a little obvious who was going to go, but what did you think of the Timberwolves taking Anthony Edwards at number one? Not too surprised, especially since uh, the guy who went number two, James Weissman, said he didn't want to play in Minnesota, so uh, not completely shocking. I know there was some buzz out there that maybe the T-Wolves would deal the pick or take LaMelo Ball, but uh, it went as planned. Yeah, it did, and I like the Warriors and how they took James Wiseman. There were rumors that he was gonna, they were going to trade the pick, and I just didn't think it was necessary. They just drafted him, and another rumor is going that Clay Thompson hurt his right leg, so hopefully that there's nothing bad with it. Yeah, I hope not. I guess he's been working out, and they didn't really give much indication other than that, but that didn't stop them from going for the big man. Um, Dom, you watch a, a heck of a lot more college basketball than I do. Is there anything that surprised you or stuck out to you so far in the first round? Um, I have to tell you, and kind of like an underdog draft pick, and I liked how the Philadelphia 76ers took Tyrese Maxey. He played at Kentucky. He's an explosive guard. He's has great shooting ability, and he plays aggressive defense, and he just he's a great basketball player overall and I think that was a great pick for them. Yeah, and of course my uh I'm a long-suffering New York Knicks fan. You seem to be happy with their pick. I just automatically assume anyone they get uh it's inevitably going to be a bust, but what do you think of the kid out of Dayton? Obi Toppin, he's great talent. Uh watched him at Dayton. I watched a couple games of them playing and Obi Toppin is a superstar player. He's a, he has a great shot, and he makes a lot, and he gets a lot of points, and that's what the Knicks need. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing I don't think they need is Russell Westbrook. Um, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Nothing against Westbrook, but the fact that he's going to make so much money into the future and he's really you know, going to be declining here in the next few years physically, it's just a fact of life. Uh they don't need to do that. That would be typical Knicks. I say build young, build around new coach Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, especially if they have R.J. Barrett already. Absolutely. So, uh, Dom, I, I think for us, selfishly here in Southern California, two of the top six picks came from local high school, Chino Hills High. What did you think of that? Well, I wasn't surprised Lamelo went in the top three. It was either he went number one or went number two, and – the Hornets took him at number three, I think. It was just a waiting game for the Hornets. It was either him or Anthony Edwards, depending on who the Timberwolves drafted, and they took Anthony Edwards, and LaMelo was up for the grab, and Lamar Ball didn't look a little, didn't look too happy when LaMelo got drafted by the Hornets. Yeah, he really didn't. I think he realized that uh, LaMelo's new boss is going to be Michael Jordan, the man that LaVar said he could once take one-on-one. So that should be for an interesting meeting. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like uh, three of the players from the 2016 uh, CIF title-winning legendary Chino Hills High basketball team will now be in the NBA. You saw that team play twice that spring, so uh, didn't know it at the time, but you saw a little bit of history there on the, the local hardwood. Yeah, we 
Yeah, yeah, we did, and it was cool to see them twice too. We saw them at Chino Hills High and their arena, and then we saw them at the Pyramid. So that was even more cool. Yeah, they were. I mean, to say they were an explosive team on TV is one thing, but to see them in person and how fast they they ran and moved the ball and even got back on defense, it was it was really cool to see. A lot different game from what we're accustomed to watching in the NBA. Yeah, and the crazy part is at the time we thought. Lonzo or Leangelo were going to be the better one of the three and now LaMelo he grew I mean how many inches he's six seven now and he looks like he's the best one yeah and uh at the time I went out on a limb and, and said you know he was I think a freshman at the time that I thought LaMelo would be the best and he's now grown to be six seven and looks like he's bulked up so it appears to me he's NBA ready, and I already thought he had a better shot than Lonzo. So uh, we'll find out finally this winter. Yeah, we will. And moving on to the NFL Week 10, it was an entertaining week. We had some good games, and I wanted to ask you about the New York Giants, Dad, and something good to talk about them. We usually say, oh, they had an awful game or they blew a lead, but this week they didn't blow a lead. They beat the best team in the NFC East, which is not saying much, but they beat the Eagles. What do you think of the Giants winning and that they are now in second place in the NFC least? Yeah, best team in quotes, but you know this is a game typically the Giants would lose, and you've got to give it to Joe Judge. They have very little talent on the field, and that's all the fault of Dave Gettleman, and I won't give him any credit. So Judge has taken a team with a pretty horrific offensive line, a turnover-prone quarterback, and Daniel Jones, and uh, a really nice defense with no superstars on that side of the ball. And they've kind of put them in the thick of things in that division. Now, 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine might win that division, but regardless, this team looks like it's overachieved this year. And uh, the news came out today where he fired his offensive line coach, Mark Colombo, hasn't been happy with their performance. Apparently, they got into an argument, and Judge said uh, bye-bye and, and hired a replacement already. So he's he's a no-nonsense guy, not only with his players, but with his staff. And it's, uh, it's interesting to see the team respond to it. Yeah, you and I both had our doubts about Joe Judge. We thought at the time Matt Roll was going to be the best decision for them. The Panthers ended up hiring Matt Roll, and... Joe Judge, I think it might have been the right hiring, despite him being a special teams coach. He's been good for them so far. <clears throat> yeah, he has. He's definitely from the Belichick tree, and he's organized, and he's got his ways. Um, I think, too, the Giants, they'll never admit this, but the Giants are still paying off Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer, and th th that's a lot of money for no service. So they went with the less expensive option, and so far, so good. I mean, I don't uh, think we're looking at a future dynasty here right now, but uh, perhaps they get a GM or maybe get someone who can make some actual picks and surround the team with talent. Maybe they'll have a nice nucleus for the future. Yeah, they will. So, Dom, <clears throat> what else stood out to you in uh, – Week nine of the NFL, excuse me, week 10 of the NFL. We're now heading into week 11. Uh, what did you like? What didn't you like? Tell me your thoughts. Well, I like to see the young wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, put up 100 yards. And he really does remind me of Randy Moss. He just has that explosiveness and he has his own dance called the gritty, which is kind of funny. And um, he's just an explosive player. And I think he's great for the Vikings. And then Another game that stood out to me was the Rams beating the Seahawks. I was surprised how well the Rams' defense played. I mean, going into it, I thought it was going to be a shootout, like a 42-40 type game where it's just touchdown after touchdown, almost like a Big 12 game, and it wasn't like that. It was 23-16. It was 
a boring game and the Rams defense has just been well coached. I think it was the right decision to fire Wade Phillips and just let him go because this new defensive coordinator seems a lot better. Yeah, and I think too, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players in all of football, making a ton of money as is cornerback Jalen Ramsey. But what they've done is a good job of drafting young guys and, and placing them around them. Uh, that defense has really kept them in a number of games this year. It frustrated Russell Wilson. It flat out won the first game of the year against Dallas. And I, I think that's what's going to make them a playoff team this year. And on the offensive side of the ball, we all know Jared Goff's erratic, but the the three-headed monster at running back with Brown, Akers, and Henderson, it's working. I mean, Sean McVay likes that. He's been controlling the ball, keeping the pressure off of Goff at times, and setting up the play action. So uh looks good for them. they got a tough matchup this coming Monday night in Tampa. Yeah, they do, and I think that's one of the good games that will be on. And I want to ask you, Dad, what stood out to you? Because I know Justin Herbert versus Tua was a good matchup. Yeah, it was. I, I think what stood out there is I, I thought Herbert would be the one that would outplay Tua, and that wasn't the case. Tua now, you know, we kind of question why the Dolphins are rushing to start him. Well, they're undefeated. They're 3-0. and He hasn't thrown an interception. He looks like he's really getting accustomed to the offense, and the Dolphins have their quarterback of the future. Um, the other thing that stood out to me is uh, we left the house for a bike ride Sunday afternoon, and apparently we missed the Hale Murray from Kyler Murray, amazing throw, scrambling across the field, throwing against uh, his body, across his body, and DeAndre Hopkins in tip, triple coverage, making a sensational catch in the end zone, reminiscent of something Aaron Rodgers would throw. And then to, to boot, uh, just underscores Dom when Hopkins got traded from the Texans. What did you think at the time, and what can we say now about that trade? Well, at the time, I thought the trade was awful. It was completely random because Sean Watson loved throwing to DeAndre Hopkins and I just thought it was weird and Bill O'Brien made a horrible move and the Cardinals definitely benefited off of it getting rid of a inconsistent running back in David Johnson and um, they didn't have to get rid of any draft picks either so the Cardinals basically won the trade and as you saw on Sunday DeAndre Hopkins is a great performer and Kyler Murray Definitely loves to throw to him. One of the, if not the best receiver in the NFL right now. And all they had to do was uh, sign him to that extension. And he's a happy camper, but goes to show you Bill O'Brien goes and gets fired. I, you know, whether he was great as a coach is debatable. Apparently not, but how you make this guy also the GM and he doesn't get along with a player like Hopkins and then trades him is ridiculous. And I, hope other NFL teams realize the error in the Texans ways and don't do this again. You you can't have a coach and a GM in the same job. Yeah, you can't. And there's also been a debate about who's the best wide receiver in the league right now. And Julio Jones has said that it is him. Devontae Adams said that he's the best wide receiver. And now we saw on Sunday, DeAndre Hopkins with his prime performance. It seems like he is a candidate as well. So I want to ask you that who is the best wide receiver in your opinion in the NFL right now? I think Hopkins edges out Adams. Adams is just phenomenal. I mean, you can double cover the guy and he'll still make tremendous catches in traffic. And, and it seems like he scores a touchdown every week. And he's a big part of the reason why Rodgers is still successful. But that's that's my two cents. How about you? I think I say Adams is the best right now. Julio has been incredibly inconsistent this year. And 
I just think Hopkins, he's had a couple duds, I think, Adams. He gets a touchdown every week, like you said. Yeah, and then I, I think the other storyline, and by the way, backing up a little bit, you were on the Justin Jefferson bandwagon from day one. You liked him at LSU. We got him in fantasy, and I think now people are taking notice. Uh, I know Stephon Diggs is doing well with the Bills, but now you see why the Vikings traded him and, and got a nice return for him. And, and looks like Jefferson stepped right in, and the Vikings don't miss a beat, at least at wide receiver. Yeah, they don't. So uh, I think the the other overarching theme of the league so far this year is we're now heading into another wave of COVID, unfortunately, and uh, the Raiders have gotten hit hard again. And what I'd like to ask you, Dom, is do you think the season will be finished? The league's kind of making contingency plans for a a week 18. Should they have to push back a week or extend the Super Bowl? Uh, Do you think they get this done? Uh, Do you think things will get worse from, from your perspective and what you read? Tell me what you think. Well, I think this is the worst case scenario for the NFL is that I like eight or nine teams get huge outbreaks or it have to be a lot of teams to get outbreaks because right now we've only seen one or two teams get uh, really big outbreaks and that would have to reschedule the games. But besides that, I mean, yeah, teams have been getting positives, but the games haven't been rescheduled. They haven't been canceled or anything like that. So. I think now as we're getting later into the season, the cold weather's coming in. Uh, I just think some of these games might get postponed or even canceled just because of you've seen the Raiders. You just got to wear your mask and socially distance. Yeah, and I, I think what's interesting, the NFL snuck this in last week. If uh, a team does not play 16 games or aren't able to, to, to get the every team to have 16 games, they're just for this one year going to add an extra wild card in each conference. And they had already added a, an additional one headed into this season before the pandemic. And we would have eight teams from each conference making the playoffs, kind of an MLB move, which would really make things interesting. Um, you know, you look at some of these cold weather States that are having outbreaks like Wisconsin. I mean, the Packers have had some close calls and the, the Raiders in Vegas, even um, it's just getting really bad. It worries me. And we, we saw when the Titans had their outbreak, they had to reshuffle a number of team schedules and have Tuesday night games. I, I think we're looking at that going forward too, if they want to get this done. Yeah. And when you're having Tuesday night football, you know what that means. Thursday night football is in jeopardy. Uh, which I would be fine with, to be frank with you, Dom. I think I'd rather have Tuesday night football, a Thursday, a short week. You could tell these teams are tired or even banged up. The, the 49ers a few weeks ago basically f- fielded a JV team and, and they're lost to the Packers. So I'd be fine with that. Maybe this is something that'll come out of it. Yeah, especially that I have to hear Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talk every Thursday night, too. Yeah, that's another story for another time, but I'm with you there, buddy. Yeah. Also, I would I would honestly, if they wouldn't be able to do Tuesday Night Football, I would also love to have just two Monday night games. That would be awesome. I love in week one when they have two Monday night games. It's just, it's great. Yeah, and then uh, last month they had one where the Bills and the Chiefs had to play one of these rescheduled COVID games. And would they start something like... 1.30, 2 o'clock on the West Coast. I mean, that was great. And then, you, yeah, you get the regular Monday night game at 5.20 Pacific. So, yeah, I'm all for that. I'd rather even – I agree with you. Have a, have a second Monday night, maybe have a Tuesday night game. I mean, there's nothing on Tuesday night other than Mac football, right? Yeah, honestly. And I want to talk about the playoff, eight, the eight teams thing where the NFL just said. And that means that 
if the Cardinals and the Rams and the Seahawks were all to have winning seasons, they basically all three of them could sneak in, which is crazy, I think. I think they could do that even if we, the, the season gets completed and nothing gets pushed back and we're just back to the, the original seven that they instituted for this year. I think there's a really good chance of that. Actually, if you look at the other divisions in the NFC, um, NFC East is awful, as we know. The South, now with Drew Brees hurt, I mean, this is essentially the Buccaneers division to lose. Yeah. I don't see anyone taking that away from them. And then in the Central, uh, I know the Vikings are trying to make a push, but they've dug a hole. Unless the Packers completely tank, I, I don't see two teams from from that division either getting in. So this is a real possibility, even with just seven teams in the NFC. I, I think that's a great story. Yeah, it almost seems like the AFC is the stronger division now with the NFC East being so awful. You don't know what you're going to get from the Saints or the Buccaneers. And it almost just seems like even the Packers don't seem as good as they usually have, especially in the past decade where Aaron Rodgers has dominated and he won a Super Bowl. It's kind of weird seeing now that the AFC is kind of being like the big brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now the Steelers and the Chiefs are the teams to beat, and they're better than anyone in the NFC by far. And I kind of hope both teams stay healthy and they face off in the playoffs because that, that'd be an epic game. And and then, too, you even look, the AFC East is now resurgent. You've got the Dolphins and the Bills fighting it out. The, the Patriots are always lurking, but I still think this isn't their year. But it's nice to see someone else win that division potentially. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about another topic, Dad, the – Baltimore Ravens, who had a great season last year with Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson won the MVP. They just seemed like they're going to make a Super Bowl run, and they were favored to beat the Chiefs, and then all of a sudden they lose to the Titans in the AFC Divisional round. And then this season, they're awful too. Despite their winning record, they just don't seem like the same team. They're not. I, I don't know if it's that teams have caught on to Lamar Jackson and schemed against him. Their running game struggle. Mark Ingram's been hurt. Uh, they can't seem to get the passing game going. Uh, Hollywood Brown, for instance, has been a non-factor this year. And then, too, their defense has really struggled. I mean, I know they went and played in a monsoon in New England this past Sunday night, but uh, they can't seem to stop anyone on that side, the Ravens. What do you think? Yeah, I just think they've been playing awful. And Lamar Jackson, he almost seems uncomfortable when he says set hike and everyone drops back and does their job. It just almost seems like he isn't isn't supposed to be there. It's almost like he's like, oh, my gosh, what do I have to do? Yeah, he's not the same quarterback. And, you know, last year they were playing from ahead a lot. And as we saw in the playoffs, and they fell down to the Titans, they were a completely different team. And that's what's happened again this year. Yeah, it has. So, Dom, uh, before we wrap up, uh, we like to talk fantasy. Uh, you've done a nice job swinging a number of trades right before the deadline in our Yahoo leagues. Um, any tips you'd like to talk about, players to target on waivers? Tell us your thoughts for Week 11. Yes, I said this on the Inside Football Fantasy Sports Football Podcast, and go listen to it. My dad and I are both on it with our friend Gerald and it's nice to be on that show. And I said DeAndre Swift and Justin Jefferson are two rookies that you go you need to go trade for right now. I know Yahoo, the deadline's up, but depending on if you're in an ESPN league or something else, go trade for both of those guys. DeAndre Swift is having a great rookie season, and Justin Jefferson had a great Monday night win. And like you said last week, Dad, teams are now starting to get on to Dalvin Cook and a Bears defense that isn't even the best caught on to him and shut him down this week. 
They did, and I think that's just going to be a trend going forward. If you stop him, you dare Kirk Cousins to beat you. And I know last year uh, he beat the Saints in the playoffs, but then he came back down to earth against the 49ers, and I think that's the best way to approach the Vikings. But uh, I agree with you. Jefferson's a, a budding star, and uh, I wish we had Swift in fantasy, another great Georgia running back out of the mold of Nick Chubb and a number of others. So uh, I, I think those are good two good pieces of advice player wise and fantasy. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to the NBA one last time because James Harden, there's a rumor that he will not be re-signing with the Rockets with the proposal that they gave to him two years for basically a hundred million dollars. And he declined it. And there's a rumor that he wants to get traded to the Brooklyn Nets where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are already there getting prepared for December 22nd. So I want to ask you, is this trade even possible? It is. Uh, in the era of super teams, I think it is as crazy as it sounds. And if it does happen, I think it'll be a disaster for the Nets. I'll go on record saying that. And the reason being is we know how KD uh, did well with the Warriors for a few years, but then uh, that, that got a little tiring. Yeah, He wanted to be the man. He left for Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving's now on his third team. We know his history. He can uh, he can be an explosive player, but if he's not happy, then forget about it. He's checked out. And then Harden, too. Uh, I know he played with KD in Oklahoma City. They went to the finals back in 2012 against the Heat, but uh, guys got to get the ball and shoot. And you're looking at three guys that like having the ball to begin with, and uh, you know maybe they're buddies off the court, but I, I think that wouldn't work out well chemistry-wise or be successful for the Nets. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I think it'd be a disaster. It's almost like you're trying to force a super team, and like you said, it was a disaster in Boston with Kyrie. I mean, he was hurt, and they made the Eastern Conference Finals, so what does that tell you? And they had a young team uh, in that year, and I just think it wouldn't be good. And yeah, like you said about KD and Harden and how they were together in Oklahoma City, I just don't think that they're capable of winning a title, especially that KD couldn't win one in Oklahoma City. Harden left to go to Houston besides making the Western Conference Finals with Chris Paul. They couldn't beat the Warriors, and Kyrie Irving has only won a championship with LeBron. So, Absolutely, and look, even the Celtics this year in the bubble uh, made it far. It didn't, didn't appear they missed Kyrie Irving, did they? No, especially with Jason Tatum, basically their star pay- player now. Yeah, well, Dom... Thanks again. Enjoyed another episode with you. Before we go, just wanted to say uh, thank you for listening to the show. Continue to subscribe. Give us a nice five-star rating if you feel so. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Domination Sports Nation, which is all one word. And uh, how about you tell the listeners about our new YouTube channel, Dom? Yes, we just made a new YouTube channel. We will be also live streaming on there. So, If you want to listen in the middle of our show or join early to listen to us, you can do that. Subscribe to it and turn on post notifications so you can get alerted whenever we're live streaming or when we post a new video. Yeah, and you're you're teaching me a lot about technology and live streaming. Uh, You listen to podcasts on YouTube. That's definitely a wave of the future. I, I like checking things out there. So I think it's another great avenue to expand our listeners and uh i I really like this live stream thing very cool shout out to gerald glassford from inside sports fantasy football for teaching you the tricks of the trade and you're you're far more astute at this stuff than i am dom so thank you as well 
Oh, you're welcome. And yeah, thanks to Gerald for telling us about this stuff. It seems hard once you first get started, but once you do everything, it's it seems pretty easy. And if you can't listen to us, you don't have access to listening on Anchor or Google or Spotify, just come to our YouTube channel. And this will actually be the first podcast that will be up on our YouTube channel. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Dom, thanks again. And uh, any final thoughts before we leave? I really don't have anything. I'm looking forward to week 11 in football. Likewise. And uh, for me, I hope everyone stays safe and and healthy and uh, enjoys this upcoming Thanksgiving week. Hopefully you get some time off to enjoy a lot of college and pro football. Yeah. Enjoy it. And thank you for everyone to listening to the domination sports nation podcast.